Okay. Well, good morning, sir. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for joining me since my wife just left. <laughs> thanks, thanks for uh, carving out some time for us today. I told, I talked with you last week, and you, uh, you've been a pretty busy man. <laughs> I, it seems like uh, the stay at home has actually made me busier. Doing, doing Zoom lessons, uh, pretty much every day, all day. Yeah, I uh, I totally know the feeling. Um, <laughs> you're doing doing more work, like you said, more work from home than uh, you ever imagined doing <laughs> when it comes to karate. Yeah, on top of that, uh, teaching karate via Zoom, but the projects that I'm doing around the house that have built up over the last few years. So now I'm pretty much at the end of that. What have you been working on? Well, let's see, I uh, did a, a nonstop landscaping and I painted the pool area. Um, I've been painting a lot, painted some columns on my house, painted some doors, cleaning nonstop, just doing what should have gotten done before. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've done some of that. I need to, I need to plant our garden here in the next couple of days. Uh, I weeded it, you know, I've, we've done some, we did some stuff with the pool house. We updated the, the roof and stuff. So I, I'm definitely feeling you on some of, some of the stuff, but there's definitely more to be done. <laughs> I was going to win yard of the month this month, but then I noticed everybody was doing the same thing. So I'm kind of, we're at, we're at a par level here. <laughs> nice. Um, so to get started off today, uh, if you want to just give maybe a, a quick uh, overview of maybe how you started in the martial arts. Um, you know, if, if anyone out there is watching, it does, uh, is, does not know you. Yeah. So that, um, when I was a kid, I lived in Plymouth, Massachusetts and I walked by a karate studio with my mom and that was probably in about 1976. Um, and she was like, no, absolutely not. Because the thought, back then for a lot of parents was that martial arts was violent because of the amount of movies that were coming out of China and they were seeing Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee always fighting. Uh, parents didn't fully understand what martial arts were about. And so it wasn't until uh, I went to college where a program was started. I went to Troy University in Alabama and they were offering a class and you could get credit for it if you were in ROTC, which I was not. But they let some people in anyways, and it, the rest is history. Um, I, so I started, but definitely influenced by a lot of the Karate Kid movies where it started gaining popularity. I was like, I really want to do that. And then once I left the house, obviously made a decision on my own to, to start it. And thank goodness it was with the World Tungsudo Association. Oh, okay. So right from the beginning, it was with World Tungsudo? Uh, absolutely. There was a... Uh, Air Force captain that had um, gotten his black belt, and he's the one that was offering the program. His name was Mark Eaton, so he and his son did it, and they started uh, essentially what was a club, and there were about 50 people in that club. Uh, probably 47 of them were all Air Force because they were getting credit, and um, a few of us that were non-Air Force, uh, he kept that program going for about a year, and once, once he left, he got, he got stationed somewhere else. I was able to start training with somebody else. And then that person got transferred somewhere else. So what I started doing is traveling to Montgomery, Alabama, which is about an hour away, uh, twice a week. So it was a, 
a round trip uh, for two hours a piece. So we would do that like on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I, I started training with Master Hicks. He's the one that was a satellite program in Troy, Alabama. And essentially he was great enough not to charge me. He said, you're a college student. You're going to drive 60 miles um, each way. You're, I'm going to scholarship you. So I feel like that was an investment that he made uh, in me. So at that time, it was my fiance. We would travel up there twice a week and the rest is history. That's, that's awesome. I, I didn't realize that uh, you uh, trained with Master Hicks way back then. I did, yeah. And, and, and I've always kept that in the back of my mind where he invested in me. So when, when we have some students that fall on hard times, I, I look at it the same way. That, you know, we run a business where we have to take tuition, but there's times that um, when people can't afford it, I'm, I, we're going to go above and beyond. We're going to say, hey, we're going to invest in your future here. And I hope that that does the same thing that uh, my instructor did for me. And, you know, who knows, 30 years from now, there may be some young adult or some kid that says, hey, the, uh, Master Hutchinson invested in me where, when we couldn't afford it. And they'll be teaching and passing it on. Absolutely. I, and I 100% uh, agree with that. And I've done that for years and will continue to do that, you know, uh, whenever I can. Um, because you said it's 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 important. the The last thing you want is is to have something so positive uh, be taken from someone because of of money. Yeah, absolutely. Could couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, yep, started in Troy, Alabama, and um, and I, I stayed pretty active. There were no World Tungsudo schools when I moved to Florida, in in a uh, say sixty mile radius. So I would travel. We'd go up to Jacksonville but it, it kind of squashed my promotion opportunity, but I stayed connected. And for, for about five years, there was a little bit of limbo there where I still trained, but it wasn't as active as I would have liked. But um, our region was part of region six, uh, which was at that time, pretty much the whole Louisiana purchase. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Florida and Georgia. So it was a huge, huge region. And, um, but we started growing and as we grew, we broke off and seems like as we did that, Florida and Georgia became its own region. We got a little stronger. The training got uh, more specified with the, because uh, it was easier to travel, I'd say. Awesome. When, what year did that happen? Uh, you know, I think it happened 16 years ago. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, uh, I think it was at 16 years. We're gonna try to do a 20-year celebration for um, Region 21, or maybe we'll do a region. We'll do 21-year celebration for Region 21. <laughs> <laughs> They're to finally legal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, how long have you been uh, regional director? I've been regional director. We, if, if it was 16 years, I believe I became regional director like a year after. So about 15 years. Okay. And, and you obviously were talking about seeing it grow. What, what differences have you seen like maybe in the region and also as far as like martial arts go in those 15 years? Yeah. So, so from a growth standpoint, we, we haven't grown school wise or club wise. We're at like 12. And we'll, we'll gain one and lose one. Uh, somebody will open a club and then they'll move. But number-wise, we're growing. The schools that are here are growing in numbers. So we're seeing a school that used to have 100 students now has 200. 
and um, a club that used to have 25 now has 40. So we're seeing growth internally within those schools and clubs. I'd like to see us grow a little bit more where people branch out and start their own clubs or schools. But for some reason, that's, that's probably the one thing as, as regional director I looked at, I, I wish I could encourage a little bit more for people you know, um, to start their own club or start their own school. Gotcha. But we def yeah, but we've definitely had growth within those schools. Sure, yeah, and I met, I probably met you for the first time at Masters Clinic as well as uh, like Master Lappin. And I, I knew uh, Lee and his dad, Scott, Master, the Master Sant um, from the Mobrooks for many years. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely know there's some, some awesome, awesome masters down there. that are. Yeah, so we, we were lucky enough. Uh, my school, I've been teaching since I opened a club in 1999. Okay. And when the economy went really bad in about 2008, I started teaching full time but I didn't have a brick and mortar location. We were, I was teaching at a whole bunch of different schools, uh, uh, preschools, elementary schools, high schools, but I didn't have that brick and mortar. We, we got kind of lucky. We went from, I'd say the outhouse to the penthouse where we were putting our flags up every single Tuesday and Thursday to where we got just this Taj Mahal. We became studio of the year, um, Dojang of the year two years ago and honestly we couldn't have done it without um, Rock Solid and Middleburg Martial Arts kind of giving us um, a lot of direction just because I listened to them and I observed them over the years and they had already had these established schools so I, I, I want to shout out to Master Lappin and Master Sant there's others as well Master Godwin came down was just tremendous with his knowledge but I, a lot of, I'd say half of that trophy goes out to a whole bunch of other people. Absolutely. I, I had a, uh, a talk yesterday with Master Tracy and she said the same thing. It's just like all the stuff that I, I use, I copied from someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's well said. Um, all right. Uh, so real quick, obviously you talked about the, the Sans and, and, and Master Lappin and like I said, the, the first time I heard of Region 21, honestly, I, I'm sure I had heard of it before, was when the Mobrooks uh, uh, moved down that way. And um, do you just talk about maybe for a second about uh, how awesome how, how awesome those guys are? What, the whole region or the Mobrooks or? Uh, anyone. Obviously, you talked about the Lappins and Sands. Um, I, I know last week the week before Muhammad had taught a class for you guys and did his awful uh clock push-ups oh yeah that was great and, and and I think I don't know if he could see me virtually but right as I was putting my knees down he says don't put your knees down I was like how did he see me you know I thought I had the camera angle for Zoom set up <laughs> and, and I think it was a generalization but I was guilty because I started putting my knees down no um region 21 we're pretty lucky because being in Florida, even if you don't move here, you're probably going to visit here. Mm -hmm. So we get a ton of people coming through that say, hey, sir, uh, uh, we want to train with you. I've been really blessed where a lot of the Latin Americans, before they go to World Tournament, they come up. Um, but Region 21, it's, it's a mini version of the association. That's what it's supposed to be. We are uh, brotherhood and sisterhood all the way around. We, we have so much fun in this region. We're, now, we're very serious about our training. So for instance, we'll do a black belt test on Friday evening. 
then on Saturday we'll have our event, whether it's a clinic or a tournament. But we we have a festive uh, um, evening planned for everybody Saturday evenings. So it is it has created, in my opinion, a camaraderie that is what Grandmaster Shin was looking for. So we we're, we're blessed. You know, we're not perfect. We we definitely have our hiccups and we have our run-ins. Any family does. But I couldn't be more proud to be the regional director of Region 21 because of the uh, family atmosphere that we have. It's just been it's been tremendous. It's been a, it's been a highlight of my life. That's awesome. I I still remember the first time I saw the the one T-shirt with the from the casino theme you did. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought that was super cool. <laughs> yeah. So so being Region 21. We, we like to think that we're number one and two because we've got them both in there. But I guess Region 12 could go to say the same exact thing. But Region 21 kind of parlays itself into blackjack. And so, uh, and like you said earlier, you know, now you're legal. Um, but so, so we play on the number 21 quite a bit. I think uh, a couple of years ago, you probably received our friendship. So I took a poker chip and put instead of a instead of a poker chip we turned it to a friendship and we had region 21 on one side and then on the other side it had um uh friendship that that we gave out those to all the competitors at world tournament um so that was that was kind of playing on the uh region 21 poker type uh theme so we try to have fun that's awesome it, it definitely comes through uh speaking of got people who have fun um you we're lucky enough to, uh, I guess, adopt Master Martinez uh, in his in his many travels. Oh yeah, we've adopted him. He's permanent now, and you know we we not only adopted him, but uh, he was he he met a wonderful young lady from Mexico, Claudia, and they are now married, and she is dynamic, and she's teaching for me. Um, it's been really really great to have her she she came on board with us let's see in january um it's been difficult because obviously march 16th we were closed but right. she's been at every single zoom class teaching tiny tigers she's been and she's just awesome and he's awesome so they have a, the same energy they they were meant for each other and again I'll, I'll reference this quite a bit but but grandmaster shin is looking down from us from heaven looking at a couple that got that met and got married because of their ties to the World Tungsten Association and their training. So um, I just know that he's happiest could be up there. Yes, I I agree, and I support that. Being a, a person who met their wife through World Tungsten. <laughs> yeah, there's a, you know there's so there's so many stories that way. Um, if you look at Stephanie and Muhammad, uh, I did a, I did a speech a few years ago. It was the butterfly effect. And I reference them because, you know, the, they've got two phenomenal children, just like yourself. And those children probably don't exist if that opportunity uh, didn't, didn't present itself through training in, in Tuxedo. Nice. Uh, we've got a couple questions coming up. Uh, <laughs> I knew okay. this was going to, this, this is the very first one. Uh, it's from uh -oh. Yoda. Uh, when did you learn to play the bagpipes? <laughs> oh, okay. You know, um, Right around 911, I was I was flying an airplane. I was learning to fly. My wife got me flying lessons. It's really expensive, and although it's kind of a, a catch twenty two when you're in the air, it's really stressful. But then it's really kind of you're just up there floating. So it's pretty it's pretty neat. I couldn't afford it, 
So about that time, I heard a guy playing bagpipes. I was like, well, I can't afford two expensive hobbies. So I'm going to learn the bagpipes. And my instructor, he's a really good guy, but he's really tough. He goes, I'll give you a week. He says, if you don't have it, it's nice knowing you. And uh, I, I made the grade. And um, so it's been about 20 years. Yeah, right after 901. Nice. I, I probably knew you first as the, the bagpipe guy at Masters Clinic. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I'll, I'll be known as that. <laughs> uh, I, it could uh, be worse. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mas yeah, so the, bag, the bagpipe's the hardest instrument in the world to play. There's a couple out there that you might get an argument from. So, of course, I had to pick it up because it's, um, you know, an exercise of futility. But it, it is extremely rewarding. Uh, I'm a pretty decent player. Um, I, I got a lot of improving to do, so I compete to get feedback. Yeah. But when I can play uh, at a funeral, at a, whether it's a wedding, a funeral, a birthday party, and, and, and bring hopefully joy to whoever's listening, that, that's the, that is um, the ultimate reward. You played at Worlds in 2018, didn't you? Or, or well, I I played at the after party at Worlds. Is that what it was? Yeah, I played in South America a bunch. You know, Master Andres when he passed away. Right. They did a beautiful tribute to him, and I was able to play at the um, South American Championships. And one of the first time I ever went to uh, Argentina, Master Lorenzo was being promoted to fifth degree. And I had played uh, at the clinic just to practice and whatnot. And he said, I want you to play when I receive my promotion. And they make a really big deal out of it. They take their certificates and they, they raise them up over their head. And it's, it's, it's a really neat experience. And, and I played a song and I connected with Master Lorenzo ever since. He, say, he said in English, he said, you're my brother. And uh, you're my brother. I'll never forget that. It was, it was pretty neat. So, you know, good Lord. I won't call it a gift because it's a, it's a lot of work, but he put the opportunity in front of me and I started playing and I just try to give back and, and, and help people, um, you know, get some enjoyment out of it. There was a guy there, in fact, that same event, um, he's deaf. He can't hear the instrument, but just like the movie, Mr. Holland's Opus, he could, he could feel it. He could feel the vibration of the bagpipes and he came to me and I've, I've only seen him once since then in the last 10 years but I have this connection to this guy because of the music. So again, you know, it just brings a satisfaction to you that, that, that you're able to give, give to the community that way. Yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. Obviously music and martial arts have that in common where, uh, you know, it's a universal language. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. Absolutely. I think that's a good segue. I wanted to talk about uh, your, your travels through Latin America. I think the, the picture I used to uh, advertise that you were, we were going to do this was was from a, a maybe somewhere in Latin America. So, I want to talk about you know how you uh, made that connection, and uh, maybe some stories about your travels over there. Yeah. So, uh, let me see. I took Spanish class when I was fifteen and sixteen. I probably didn't do too well because I'm still trying to learn Spanish. But when they created a Latin American clinic. I talked about it. I talked about it with um, uh, the office at uh, headquarters. And they said, you can go because you're a third degree black belt. But I didn't have the finances or resources to do it. And then 
I think when I was about 40 years old, I said, you know what? I don't, I'm going to go. I'm going to practice my Spanish. Of course, you go to Argentina, it's a different Spanish. It's, it's pretty difficult. No offense to all my brothers and sisters there, but it, they, they, um, they have almost like a Southern accent for Spanish, if that makes sense. But right. so I'm still trying, but that was the main goal. I wanted to go down there. I wanted to do karate and practice Spanish. And, uh, and, and I've been fortunate enough. I've been to Argentina six times. I've been to Ecuador once with Master Benelli. And every trip is just stacked with memory after memory after memory. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming the grandmasters were there every time you uh, got a chance to go over there? You know, they've been there every time except the first time. Okay. The first time I went was just me and Master Cole. Okay. There was one other master couture from Connecticut. She was there, but she left early. She had to go. I think she was adopting her child um, or one of her child, children. So it was just me and master dear Cole. And we walked into this building on uh, Saturday morning during a tournament and the Navy band from Argentina would played us in. And I was like, wow, this is, this is absolutely incredible. There were probably about a, thousand twelve hundred people in the building everybody stood up while we were walking in there play it, it was unbelievable and of course when i got back reality set back in that i'm really not that important but <laughs> but if you want to if you want to feel special go to argentina for their latin american clinics um that one in particular being my first one was really great and like i said it was just me and messenger cole so i probably signed about 500 autographs and to this day, I encourage all my friends to go to Argentina with me and, and they'll be signing autographs and I'll be sitting back there and, and not signing. But those kids already have mine on their uniform. So it's pretty neat. So they collect autographs down there. That, that is neat. I, I remember, I think I was, a, we went to Aruba when I was a third degree and uh, they asked for my autograph and I was, it was the same way. It's like, but I'm not. I'm not important. <laughs> no, you are important because they value you as a member of the World Tongue Sudo Association. And for us to visit some of these countries that don't um, have the ability to travel to us, they, they appreciate it so much. And honestly, I can't remember all the kids' names and stuff. But like I said, I did a speech a while back on the butterfly effect, which is a great book. Yeah. My guy named Andy Anderson, uh, it's, it's profound. You never know what kind of butterfly effect you might have on a little kid when you give them a little encouragement or you take your picture with them or you sign their, their dough box. So it, 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 to, I don't do it for that, but I know that there's a possibility of that happening. It just brings a lot of joy to both me and the, the people there. So it's, it's a two-way street for sure. That's awesome. I got another question here, uh, I, I guess from, uh, I'm pretty sure he was with Master Hicks guys too, Brian Burkett. Um, uh, yeah, he's, um, you know, Brian, I trained with him. That's, uh, he is now an active member of Facebook. I see yeah. him almost every day. Um, you know, Facebook for what, for what it is, it's, it's great. It has some drawbacks, of course, but, but, but it is allowed, and it has allowed us to connect with a guy like Brian. And Brian didn't do karate for a while, but I remember him. And his sister, as, as they were just, they were, gosh, he was probably about 13. And, and she was about, I think she was younger. She must've been about 11 years old. And, but he was always awesome. He was respectful. So I, I watched them for about two years. And last year at world tournament, 
I got to meet his entire family, who's all doing karate, and he's just awesome. And it, I, 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 I couldn't have been happier. I just wish that we wouldn't have lost him in the interim, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I've got a chance to connect to him uh, through Facebook and all this going on. He had a question. He said, what's the best change you've seen since training in the basement of that church in South Montgomery County? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's an improvement. There's a lot to be said about training in a basement um, because, again, traveling all over the world, um, we take it for granted what we have here. If we don't have air conditioning, we complain. If we don't have a chair and a desk to do the written test on, we complain. And when you go to South America, you, you might have 40 people in a 200 square foot room. And when you take your written test, you, you might be sitting on the floor. And so I think there's a lot to be said from training in a basement like that. And so I, I don't know about improvements, you know, with improvements, I, I, like I mentioned before, I've got a beautiful studio, but there's a lot, lot of stress that goes on to keep the doors open in a, in a, a big studio versus at the bottom of a church. It is, uh, what's the saying? Uh, it's just carefree, right. footloose and fancy free. Yeah. You, it, you know, <laughs> where you're just there to train. So it, it, in, in a lot of ways, it's just more pure. It's more pure training. So that's a great question though, Brian. <laughs> uh let's see uh rusty camacho is he said sunday morning training is always awesome yeah so we're going to be going back that's something that we implemented in region 21 it's for second degrees and above so we know that the the seniors always do a lot of the teaching so sunday mornings from 8 to 10 a.m after every single one of our regional events we have a special training for all the seniors second degree and above and his particular event hosted by Master Lampensona, uh, we actually rent a boat. We get, we had about 35 people on this boat. We go to a private island out in the Gulf of Mexico. And that hopefully will happen again in uh, October of this year. And it's, it's a highlight. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, we do it as a reward. So it incentivizes people who are maybe first degrees to get their second degree so they can participate in these trainings. That's awesome. That I, I, I think I've seen pictures of uh, you guys out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do a training in a dojang if we don't have anywhere else to go or if the weather's not, not good. But we're going to try to find somewhere to connect with nature and do that training outside. We did a real nice one up in Georgia on a lake. It was really, really pretty. Um, so, it, you know, we don't know what the future holds as far as where we'll be, but we're always looking for different sites. But definitely go into... It, it, it's really not even an island. It's more of a, a sandbar, right. but it is amazing. And again, the camaraderie, it's not just the training that you're out there on that island. It's the 45 to 50 minute trip to get to that island and the 45, 50 minute trip to get back. It's just being with like-minded people that are, that have good spirit, that are, that are wanting to uh, grow our Tungsudo family. Absolutely. Yeah. The memories uh, definitely un unforgettable. Let's see, we got um, Joel Santos is saying hi. Oh, yeah. Hello, Joel. How are you? Good to see you this morning. Everybody's up early. Yes, that's right. Uh, Tom Lyons says, good afternoon. Well, he's, look, he said good afternoon, sir. Miss, Mr. Lyons doesn't know what day of the, the week or what time it is. Oh, well, yeah. That's all right. He said, uh, Master DeFeo is a great friend and one of my first instructors. 
Uh, we learned from a lot of great instructors and masters. What have you gained from training with guys like Master Mabrook and Master DeFeo? Well, the, you know, what I have to say is that Grandmaster Shin we, we taught us Tung Sudo. It was our core and our foundation, but he encouraged people to, to learn other things. And uh, for Master DeFeo, for instance, he, he branched out a little bit and started learning Eskrima, and he brought that to our region. And he was kind of our go-to guy for a scream. And we had the, the Novatos do it as well. But we could always call on him for that. And axe throwing. Master Novato brought knife and axe throwing, which is now something we, we have it in our studio. We have a massive um, target. And the uh, so we do knife throwing for uh, senior students in our school and axe throwing in the school. And, and that's directly attributed to Master DeFeo. As far as Master Mabrook, you know, high energy, uh, hop keto, just it, it goes on and on and on. But the one thing about Master Mabrook that he brings that he brought to Region 21, he's always smiling and always bringing positive energy uh, to, to us. And we miss him. We hope he comes back at some point. But at the same token, we just know that like he was able to connect with us with Zoom. He'll be there anytime we call him to and his whole family. Stephanie would come. The boys are so, so they'll be there for us. So I, I that that. He epitomizes what Grandmaster Shen wanted in an association. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk about something about your dojang uh, that is as unique as your your t-shirt wall. Oh yeah. So yeah, that 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 kind of um, somehow developed. I had all these t-shirts, and I certainly didn't want to throw them away, but I wasn't wearing them. And to be honest with you, like this t-shirt here, it's the new material. It's the moisture wicking. So the cotton t-shirts, I really don't enjoy wearing those anymore. Um, but but I, I didn't want to throw them away. And the lady who works for me, Jen, she's my office manager. She's like, well, you know, they may have these boards down at um, uh, what any, any fabric store. You can buy these. And so I highly recommend anybody to do it. So I said, okay, let, let's try it. Sure enough, you take a t-shirt and you turn it into a piece of art started filling the wall and, it, and it, it warped into, if you visit our school, we will put your t-shirt on the wall. If I visit your school, we'll put your t-shirt on the wall. So it's the uh, wall of fame, okay? So we definitely wanna showcase that. And again, it's been an extreme privilege because I've had a lot of the Argentinians came and trained. We've had people from Costa Rica, Panama, Ecuador, uh, all over Puerto Rico and South Africa as well. Some from Europe. Oh, we had a family show up, a great family from England. They brought the t-shirt and they're all up on the wall. So, well, we, we definitely have a lot of space. So we encourage everybody once this COVID-19 is over to get down and see us so we can get your t-shirt on the wall or uh, have me come, be glad to, and I'll get a t-shirt. We'll put it on the wall that way too. Do you uh, have an estimate of how many t-shirts you actually have? Yeah, so um, we probably got about fifty T-shirts right now. Yeah, but we have we have room to put hundreds, hundreds. Yeah, there was there was a guy uh, from one of the schools in Argentina. They they all brought their T-shirts. He didn't know. He I just remember him, super guy. He he goes, sir, I didn't know. I will get you a T-shirt. And about six months later, a T-shirt showed up. And so we did a nice, uh, we did a presentation to put his t-shirt on the wall, but that, it, you know, I felt bad for him, 
that's how important it was to the other people to get their t-shirt on the wall. So it, it, I definitely recommend other schools to do it. It brings some neat camaraderie for the association and for your school. That's right. You heard it. Go to Florida and bring a t-shirt. That's right. Master Fer Dan Fairley asks, meeting you in Epcot doesn't count? <laughs> no, it does not. That's a, that, that does not. See, I, I made the rules up so I can kind of modify it too, but you have to come to the school. So yeah, Master Fairley and I and his wife, we get together at Epcot quite a bit and have a great time. You, so I've had several people give me their t-shirt and say, here you go. I said, I'm sorry. It's a beautiful t-shirt, but it doesn't go on the wall unless I come to your studio or if you come to my studio. Sorry about that, Dan. But um, I, I've been inviting them up to my house for a while, too. They got to come up and uh, you don't have to. I didn't say you had to train. You just have to show up to the studio. How's that? There you go. Just come. Just <laughs> bring the shirt. Uh, yeah, exactly. Joel says, I love the Ilsusik applications that he teach that he taught to senior Samdans in uh, camp in Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico was awesome. Freddie's got a great thing going down there. And the, the campground that they have apparently was pretty decimated by the hurricane a couple of years ago. Um, but, but they recovered and, and, and they're back stronger. I was fortunate enough to go down there. Master Burgos invited me and had a, a wonderful, wonderful training session. Um, again, you know what Mary Tracy said, she, she just borrowed stuff. So, you know, I kind of put my own flair on things, but I did uh, add-ons and whatnot. I kind of take the one steps, which are, again, our, our, our base or our platform, and I try to expand on them to where we, they might be a little bit more useful for the street. And um, the seniors were, uh, seemed to be, it seemed to go over pretty well. Nice. I used your, uh, your Tai Chi uh, uh, stick uh, in class the other day. I, I did make sure I gave you, uh, I gave you props, but uh, we, we did that in one of our Zoom classes the other day because I, with the advanced uh, students because I, I thought it was a cool way to just go through them and something different. I was told to slow down if it was going to be Tai Chi. It's more of a flow drill, but yeah. the reality is that they connect together really well. And, right. you know, I used to get the, the, the one steps, you go to first degree black belt, 30 techniques, kicks and hands. Then you go to second degree and you're doing 30 and then you go to third. And so they get kind of like mundane. So what we have to do in order to keep our training and keep motivated, we got to get creative. So obviously I learned a lot from Master Homecheck. I learned a lot from, uh, heck, I learned this last weekend on the international class from uh, Mrs. Master Peterman. She, she did something very similar to what I do. And you just got to take our base and our platform and expand on it. So appreciate that, Jabel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Master Bernelli says, good morning from Ecuador. Master Hutchins, the super master and friend, Tung Su. Yeah, he's a great guy. That's, um, the, I think that was maybe my third trip down to Argentina. I met him and he's, he's been an awesome guy. Just absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal martial artist. Learned a lot of stuff from him. He's a, his, his dad, incredible guy. I call him the John Wayne of Argentina. He was in the uh, Argentinian military as a sniper, as a pilot. Uh, a helicopter pilot, but he also taught hand-to-hand -hand combat to the Argentinian military. And he taught Sebastian how to use an e-tool, which is the, the shovel, the folding shovel. So, you know, how do we, we teach it now? Cause it's fun. But, and, 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 and anyways, Master, I've learned a lot from Master Bernelli. It's been great to have that connection down there as well. Excellent. 
Speaking of weapons, I, or well, I guess you could use it as a weapon. Are you, you've, I've seen you do some app cane application. Yeah, I don't know how I got to doing that, but uh, started enjoying that. I studied it a lot. I went on YouTube, and you, when you go on YouTube, you got to look at what's real and what's not, and you got to you got to sift through that. But I do a lot of cane techniques. We've got about fifty of them that that we feel as though are valid that will work in a combat situation if you had to defend yourself. So um, I've got a collection of canes as well. They're all very, very unique. Some of them are better to use for training and some of them are not. Some of them have knots in them and stuff. And if you use those, they're, I like them, but my students don't yeah. because they hurt. But I, I got one gift for Christmas. It's a Louisville Slugger baseball bat. And at the end, it's got a little um, thing for walking, and then it's got a cane in it. That's one of my favorites. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Master Godwin has one. It's like it's like an octagon, so it has ridges. So uh, I, are... have, I have that too. Yeah, it depends on how we want to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, it depends on which cane we'll use. Yeah, so the cane, cane is so much fun, um, and I've enjoyed teaching that. I've taught that all over. I taught at San Diego. My son went out there with me and uh, literally I beat him up for about an hour and a half. And at the end of the class, Messenger Cole says, okay, everybody, cheerio. Let's, uh, let's give Jacob a, a round of applause. So <laughs> that's how bad I beat him up for a couple hours. But, uh, and then it brings up a good story. I went to Seattle and I taught Kane and the, the Robert Nelson, he's now a master. Yeah. Uh, he volunteered to be my helper and I used a cane on him for about two hours. I gave, you know, and all good fun. I never heard him, but I beat him up pretty good. And later that day, there was a logistic issue. So they asked me to teach. I think it was the one steps as a matter of fact. So his post on Facebook, I'd never met him before. His post on Facebook that day was this morning. I met a man. He beat me up for two hours. Then we had lunch. Then that same man beat me up for another two hours. What a great day. Tung Su. So that, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that sounds like something Master Nelson would post. <laughs> <laughs> I got a chance when we were flying out to Hawaii, I got a, we stopped in Seattle and got a chance to uh, train at Master Elmer's studio and uh, Master Nelson and uh, Master Williams. Uh, Wanya was there as well. And uh, it, was, it was good fun. <laughs> They're great people. Um, I've been to that clinic. I think I've been there twice. I was supposed to go one year and it got canceled. Or I, I had to cancel due to a logistic issue here at my end. I was uh, starting an after-school program. But it's definitely something that I look forward to trying to do. The Seattle um, event is awesome. Highly recommend for you to travel out there. Yeah, it's a, I love that. I love Seattle. It's a great, great city. Absolutely. Um. I was thinking you you mentioned your son. Uh, maybe you could share some some information on your on your family, like uh, uh, who trains, uh, who doesn't train, <laughs> who needs. Yeah. Them. So well, um, so my wife has been a brown belt for thirty years, I guess, and mm -hmm. she's that's good for her. She doesn't really train. She'll do SEL's cardio class tonight, and that's about it. But um, my older son Joshua, he was my very first student. We, we started at a church, and they put it in the church bulletin wrong, so we went down on a Monday night, and it was just me and him, and he goes, 
Daddy, I don't think anybody's showing up. So I said, that's all right, son. You and I are going to do karate. And that was our starting moment for Central Florida Tanks to Do. So that was pretty neat. He never did get his black belt. He, he got very active. He became a very good soccer player and also musician. And honestly, the, the high school band is so demanding. He just didn't have any time. But he got up to blue belt. Maybe we'll get him back one day. My younger son, Jacob, he is now a United States Marine. And he, I wouldn't say he trains in Tung Sudo actively because he's uh, out in San Diego and he's pretty busy. But he is a second degree black belt. And uh, one of the nicest compliments he ever gave me, he went to boot camp. He was doing all the stuff. He wrote me a letter and he said, Dad, it's all the same stuff that you taught me over the years. So he was very thankful. It kind of gave him a head start and a little bit of an advantage of boot camp. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that That works. Everyone has their own. Uh, and Mary said the same thing. You know, she never pushed her kids to, to do it. And, you know, they, they did it and they continue to do it. And if they don't do it at some point, that's fine, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, but I'd love for them all to do it. It's pretty neat when I Jacob can get the uniform on. He still remembers a real good fighter. He's a savvy fighter. I remember, I know, I know Grandmaster Shin said this to a bunch of people, trying to motivate him, but he said to Jacob, I'll never forget it. He goes, Jacob, you win championship one day. You get in everybody's head. Because Jacob, Jacob will drive you nuts. And he does the same thing when he when he fights. So he's pretty savvy, pretty smart fighter. Nice. You uh you just brought up fighting and it made me think of you you do something uh unique at i don't know if you do it every uh clinic you do like the you've done the tag team sparring in the past or a team sparring yeah so i competed once uh it's not a fond memory but it's uh i competed in the us open here in orlando in the team sparring and the format is really not that fun um and it's kind of it's a political issue down there too uh, nonetheless, it set a, it set a foundation for trying to bring team sparring to our region. And then I went out to region 20 South Vento had a, an event and he was doing a team sparring and he had music on his stuff. I was like, perfect. So we took it back here. We do team sparring at black belt camp. We've done it at, um, a couple of our regional tournaments. And basically you have three minutes, it's tag team, it's in and out, it's flowing, there's music. You get two points to the head. It's just awesome. And it's something that we did not do it one year. And next thing I know on the survey, everybody said, why didn't you do team sparring? So we've kept it and it's just been great. It's been a really, really neat addition to, to our region. That sounds like a lot of fun. I would be all about that. I'm a, I love sparring. So. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's, there's been good memories out of it. We've had husbands and wives spar in team sparring. And even though the guys technically won that match, like point-wise, I think it was 12 to 6, the women won. I gave it to them. I thought they had better technique. So we just declared them the winners. <laughs> hey, you're the boss, right? You're in charge. <laughs> you make the, I rules. Make the rules. I made the rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Richard Hutnut says, I'm inspired by your consistent motivation and Tung Su spirit. You've helped keep me in Tung Su Do. Well, I appreciate that, Richard. He's a great guy. I still got to read his thesis. I've been pretty busy. I will do that. Um, he's a candidate, second year candidate. He's um, 
a great guy and definitely is what you can look for when you think of indomitable spirit great spirit from him always upbeat super guy and that's that's why we do this he's an example of what our region's about what our association's about where um if i don't see him for a little bit he comes back he fits right in he's part of our family good okay. seeing you this morning good having you out here uh richard yeah, and a shout out to all those the first, you know, they were to be first year candidates and those second year candidates uh, going through this. I know Grandmaster Strong has been trying to connect with those guys and uh, get them to do some training. Um, you know, I had a great candidate class. We, it was very small. I think there were only 12 of us. Uh, and and it, obviously it's grown tremendously. I think they have 50 or 60 candidates now. All I can say to them is keep persevering, never give up. But this is, you, you are unique because you are the class, uh, whether, whether, whether this is your first or second, you're kind of the class of 19 because of COVID-19. You have a memory that nobody else will have. You, you know, you've been dealt a, a hand that was out of your control, but you just make the best of it and somehow turn that turn that uh into a positive you you are uh, facing something that nobody else had to face which will probably give you an identity and make you stronger so uh any of the candidates that were supposed to test this year if you're struggling call me we'll talk i'm here for you and uh i'm proud of you for st staying the course absolutely and, and honestly what's great about our our association is I'm, I'm certain that pretty much every master out there would, would do the same for, for anyone that's, you know, feeling down or, or, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> yeah, I make it a point every year at Master's Clinic to go over and shake everybody's hands. It's getting real difficult because there's so many of them, there's limited time. I try to get to every single candidate, shake their hand and say, good luck. Some of them I know, some of them I don't. So spend a little bit more time with them and whatnot. But, but the seniors, we're here for you. So, we, and, and honestly, if you're a first degree black belt and you're listening to this, our goal is to get you to master's camp one day. So we're all here for you at any time. Uh, and I just wish we could have done that in person this year. But like I said, it'll happen. Just be patient. I got a lady in my region and boy, she was stressing out because she was getting ready to test for second degree black belt. And now she's got to stress another three months because we had to postpone the, the test. Just is what it is. Yeah. So, and, and actually we'd have turned that into a strength because we got three months more of training and, and we're going to have a better test. Speaking of Master Malbrook, he says, sir, how do you influence the others as a representative of Region 21? Well, well wow. <laughs> that's uh, interesting, Mohammed, that you should ask that because, you know, I like to joke around a lot. I like to have a lot of fun and, and but also be serious. So you have to put on two different hats. Sometimes that can get you in trouble um, when, when we're just kind of, you know, we're not in the Tungsudo world per se, but we're just around people. And, and um, I just try to bring energy that's positive and fun. Um, but definitely you have to put on the different hat when it's time to be serious too. So may, maybe that's the balance right there. That's the um and the yang that when it's, when it's time to relax and have fun, I definitely try to do that. But yet when it's time to train and be serious, I do that as well. So there's probably not a whole lot of in between with me. You're either getting a, a kind of let loose kind of guy or a real serious guy. 
That's right. Or you're getting taken down by a cane. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, we got about 10 minutes left in our, in our hour. I usually try to keep these to about an hour. I wanted to ask uh, if you have any stories you could share of, of maybe your uh, story with Grandmaster Shin or, or, or any of the uh, Grandmaster Strong or Grandmaster Bodwin for uh, the viewers out there. Wow. You know, well, with Grandmaster Shin, uh, probably the best thing that ever happened was my son Jacob got a backseat to all of our guests. We would he, he would dress up in dress blues at eight, nine years old. Well, I guess he was about nine. He had to be a black belt. And he would just sit in the back seat and he would just listen. But we spent many hours with Grandmaster Shin where Grandmaster Shin, he got to know him very, very, very well. So, you know, I have some memories with Grandmaster Shin. They're all very positive. Um, but the, the best part of it was that my kid got to know him. So, you know, what's happening now, because Grandmaster Shin's been gone for, what, since 2012? So it's eight years. We're getting a whole new generation of people that never met him. And I will reference Grandmaster Shin quite a bit about his vision and about a memory or what he taught. And yet we've got a whole generation of people that have never met him before. So they're, you know, he's on our walls, but um, my son, Jacob, hopefully 50 years from now, when he's 70, will be able to say, Grandmaster Shin, I remember him saying this. So that's probably my fondest memory of Grandmaster Shin is having my son, Jacob, be able to be with us a lot. So... As far as Grandmaster Strong goes, we're still making great memories and um, couldn't be happier that he's our leader. He, he's the name Strong fits him appropriately. He's a good, strong leader. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm just very happy that he's here. We were part of Region 6, so we got to get very close to Grandmaster Strong. So we were very, very fortunate in that regard and always had a good time when he's coming here. He's a plethora of knowledge in Tung Sudo and just a, just an awesome guys from us from a personal standpoint so um comes to Grandmaster Bodwin I didn't know him very well until I went to Argentina it was the first time I met Sebastian down there what a guy what a funny guy that you know um I learned a lot from because he he wore those two hats as well he had a sense of humor that a lot of people didn't know about tried and, and he was pretty funny and, but yet he was very serious too. So maybe I learned that a little bit from him. But one of, the, one of the memories about him, I fell asleep on the van. It's about a four and a half hour drive back to Buenos Aires. And I woke up and I pulled my book out and I said, sir, would you sign this? And he said, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm all set. I was, I was like, that is just, I didn't know what to think. And then I opened it up. He had taken my book out of my backpack because the backpack was open and he saw it. He signed it ahead of time. I didn't even know. So I asked him for his, his signature, his autograph, and he had already done it. So and, and when I opened the book up, he got uh, we both got a real good chuckle out of that. <laughs> that's that's funny. I uh, I got a chance to when we went to Aruba for the Region 18 championship, both Grandmaster Strong and Bodwin were there and um I just remember the the guys who were assigned to Matt Grandmaster Bodes in security detail. They were just like, oh, we can't keep a, an eye on him. <laughs> we're, we're by the pool. And he just walked by by himself. And it's like, hello, sir. And yeah. 
and then they come they like 10 minutes later they come looking for him <laughs> I, I think i think they did it on purpose you know if i'm ever blessed enough to get up that high where i have a security detail i'm gonna i'm gonna do everything i can to try to talk them that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah yeah, you, yeah uh, that's that's something else, you know, being able to go to there, um, I think on two or three occasions where the two of them were there together, that that's pretty special. It's definitely more intimate down there where there's not as many people. And um, because you're in the uh, group of dignitaries, so to speak, you, you know, you eat dinner with them all the time and you're, you really get to, you really get to know everybody really well. So. Yeah, that's what I, was, I, I, I know the seeing the pictures from the Latin American Masters Clinic, I know it's a it seems like a very intimate, like you, you get to really uh, meet and spend time with every single person that's uh, the, the people there are incredible. The, the entire South American continent, uh, uh, Chile and Argentina, obviously Ecuador, it's growing now. I think they have some schools in Peru. Um, their hosp hospitality is second to none. It's a, Pardon me. It's incredible. So all the senior Somdons and uh, masters that are in the United States or over the world, around the world, I highly encourage you to attend that clinic. It's on my bucket list to go to the European clinic as well. Um, it's just because I want to work on my Spanish, I, I tend to go down there. And now that I have so many friends and that has been a complete honor to be able to host them at my house where we could they kind of used my house lately as um, a launching point to go to master's clinic. It's a little bit less expensive for them to fly to Orlando than it is into uh, Huntsville. Uh, so what they'll do is we'll rent a van. And uh, last year, I think, yeah, last, last year, we, we actually went to my university. We did a Chinese tea. And then my university has a terracotta warrior garden where they replicated I think 220 terracotta warriors in Troy, Alabama. And so I took them there. It was, it was just awesome. It's just really neat. None of that would have happened if, uh, if it wasn't for their hospitality. Cause I just want to try to reciprocate the same thing back to them. Gotcha. Yeah. I, Master Vanelli invited us uh, a couple of years ago and we weren't able to go, but I, I really want to make the trip down there. He's, he's got a good thing going down there too. Master Leon has, uh, well, I think he's soon to be master um, Daniel Leon. He's got a, a a school going now in Quito. Master Benelli has the school. They got great students. A nice country. Probably a, I think Ecuador would be a really good country, a first country to go to if you haven't traveled to South America before because it's, uh, you don't have to do any exchange rate. You just bring your own money because um, they, they use American dollars there. But his hospitality is incredible. He's obviously now the regional director for Region 23 at, at very, appropriate uh master fairly fairly just said uh going back to the grandmaster thing you should have tried to keep up with him in an airport sometime <laughs> <laughs> I, I did i had to you know when when he passed away i i found a picture of him but i couldn't find the one picture of him that i knew i had i got so many devices now pictures are saved everywhere but when we got to the halfway point in between Buenos Aires and Marta Plata, there's this place you stop to use the restroom, buy some things and whatnot. He jumped off the, he jumped off like, ah, it was just, and I took a picture of it. I don't know why, but it was just the energy of this guy. And I, like I said, I really didn't know him that well, but was able to connect with him because of how positive he was and how much fun, what a fun person he was.
Awesome. That that sounds like a great picture. You should uh, you should post that. Um, so we're we're pretty much done. Is is there anything else you wanna you wanna share before we wrap? You know, I just I just want to tell everybody that um, you know the association is incredible. It's not perfect, but we I believe we are the best martial arts organization that there is in, in the world today. Um, I believe the legacy of Grandmaster Shin is strong and will continue. Keep persevering, never give up. That's kind of one of my things, never, never, never give up. Uh, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Just keep persevering through all of this COVID-19. You know, we probably wouldn't be doing this interview if it wasn't for this craziness that's happening right now. Um, so that, that was kind of Grandmaster Shin too. Hey, take a weakness, turn it to a strength be positive about everything. So I just want to say how, how fortunate I am and how lucky I am to be a member of the World Tungsten Association and have all, all you friends out there all over the world. Uh, I, I was remiss in not saying my good buddy in, in Sweden, Daniel Marco. So, you know, I've traveled over there. It's just, it is truly a global organization with a, uh, it's just a family. So I continue, I'm 50 years old. Can't believe it. I know you can't tell, but um <laughs> I just look forward to the memories that I have with this organization and with all of you in the upcoming, you know, in the, in the future. Yeah. That, uh, if, if anything, if you got anything from, from this interview, it's go out and, you know, when we have the opportunity to, to go out and train with other people to you're the, you're the poster child for, for that. Well, I appreciate that. You know, one thing that I'll do, um, when I, when I give you a happy birthday, if you're friends on Facebook, I will always say tongue suit and God bless. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm a flawed man, but always trying to do better. Um, but it, it is literally, those are the two things, tongue suit and God bless. I guess that's the way I could finish the interview. Awesome. That's great. Thank you again for, uh, taking the time to do this. Um, no, thank you for doing it. It's a great thing. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's been it's been really fun getting a chance to to chat with people like you said that wouldn't have had the chance to do or the time or the thought to do otherwise. So yeah, we're gonna get somebody to interview you. <laughs> Master Master Satianto did one with me. I was I was the guinea pig. Oh, okay, okay. I'll have to go back and look at that. Awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. I was I was the guinea pig. We <laughs> he basically set up the 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 camera in front of the laptop that had my Zoom meeting on it. <laughs> It was, uh, you know, it was only three weeks ago, but it was very archaic uh, then. That's all right. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, sir. Well, again, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Absolutely. Tung Su. God bless. Tung Su.